Hi, my name is Haley Grove, and welcome to Dear Dance. I'm a professional dancer living in New York City, and I'm searching for balance in and out of the studio. I think experiencing your life and nurturing all your creative passions ultimately enhances a dance career. So I'm speaking to inspiring performers and industry professionals about their relationship with dance and their other passions outside of the performing arts world. I'm connecting with dancers who decorate cookies, develop their own film, build websites, make candles, teach fitness, write poetry, and people who are changing the fabric of our industry, all while dancing their butts off professionally. I'm on a mission to discover the keys to a long creative career. So let's take this journey together, advancing our dance careers, expanding our creativity, and experiencing all the joy this life has to offer. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dear Dance. The Instagram is officially Dear Dance. No more dancers doing stuff. It was fun while it lasted, but now everything is properly branded. So this is a day of celebration, and it's super exciting because this week I'm giving you two episodes. We had our our Monday, not even Sunday, our Monday episode with Lizzie, and now I have the amazing Rachel Josefina, and she is so cool, and we connected through Artswork, another Artswork connection. Shout out to Rami and Nick, like... Go watch their episodes. Go make your profile on Artswork. This is just the beginning. Like, how cool. I've connected with two people already who've been on the show from Artswork. Amazing. So, Rachel, uh, I'm obsessed with her, first of all. Like, total, total fan. She is a triple threat living in New York City, and she's also a mindset and manifestation mentor for performing artists. She has her own podcast, which I'm so excited to finally like have another podcaster on the show and just chat and oh, hype her up. Go listen to her podcast. We'll be linking it. All of that stuff is definitely going to be there. But one thing that she really focuses on is helping performers eliminate the hustle mentality by finding their worthiness within themselves rather than in the industry, which, oh my God, so important. I had to read that exactly because it was so beautifully, perfectly written and so much the message of this show too. And so I'm just super excited to talk to her. But before I blab on for a million years, let's watch an awesome video of her and hype her up. Let's hope that I press the right button. Let's see. Here we go. Because this is a podcast, you can't see the video. But trust me, it is great. After the episode, make sure you head over to Essentially Haley on YouTube or Dear Dance Pod on Instagram so you can check it out. But while I have you here, let's hear from our sponsor. Surprise! The sponsor for today's episode is me. Well, not me exactly, but the Patreon. If you would like to support this show and get some fun perks, join the Supporter Squad. It's only $5 a month, which is less than a Dunkin' Donuts iced matcha latte in Manhattan. And instead of getting a cup of green sugar milk with ice, you will get access to fun behind-the-scenes content, early access to guests, and craft supply lists so you can craft with us live while you watch us on YouTube. I'm hoping to grow this community and we have a Discord so maybe we can have some movie nights or a book club or send some cool things in the mail. I've got a lot of ideas. Once we reach 100 patrons, I will be starting the Dancer's Dream Grant Program. 
This means I'll be donating $1 per patron every month to a dancer who has a creative project that needs funding. So that might be hiring a videographer for a concept video, paying your dancers for their beautiful work, getting some really good snacks for them, renting a studio because you cannot do another self-tape in your apartment. The bigger this community grows, the more we can give back and help lift other dancers up. If this sounds fun to you, check out the info in the show notes. And now, let's get back to the episode. Yay! We love a multi-talented queen on this show, so I love the variety in that video. And I am so excited to talk to her about dance, manifestation, mindset, everything. And our craft today is a little risky. We've been playing it a little safe season two, but today we're getting real crafty. So, without further ado, let me bring in with some applause Rachel. Yay! <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, of course. Thank you for having me. And I think it's amazing that you're like, we're going to get a little risky with the crafting because I'm just so bad at crafting. So I'm the perfect person for that. That's exactly the exact reason why I always do these crafts because I'm a big believer that working your creative muscle in all different ways and ways that you're not used to is beneficial to all aspects of your life. So I love to force people to do things that maybe they're not good at on on live YouTube videos and podcasts so that the world can see. And honestly, I mess up a lot of the time. So we're going to start off with the craft. I saw these cool pumpkins that a new Target just opened up. We live in Washington Heights. Woohoo. Um, and this new Target opened up, so of course I had to go check it out. On the scale from like city Targets, it's definitely different than, you know, suburban Targets, which are just beautiful, amazing places. This one's not too bad. Like I'd say out of five, it's like a three and a half for city Targets. Like they've got some fun stuff, but it is mostly just a grocery store. So, but not as bad as like some other Targets that I've been to. But long story short, I found these pumpkins and I was like, ooh, this could be something cool. So I thought we could decoupage the pumpkins, um, which is a fancy way of saying we're just going to like stick a bunch of paper on with Mod Podge and hope it doesn't look ugly. So I have, and I, I did a little delivery service the other day. So I have some like orange uh, tissue paper, some brown tissue paper, and then this like gold origami paper. And basically all we have to do, and then we have our glue, and I have like a cup of water because I always make a mess. Um, basically we just like glue, stick it on, glue, smush it up, and uh, hopefully it doesn't look like garbage. But okay. if we're capable of doing this and chatting, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background with dance, um, where you're from, how you started dancing. Give me the whole spiel. Um, so I am from California and born and raised there, grew up in the Bay Area. And I lived there until I went to college. And then I went to college in Orange County at Cal State Fullerton. Um, That's where, where the OC, like the show that's the same Ooh, okay (laughs) my knowledge of california is very limited (laughs) i've actually never seen the oc so like i i mean granted 
it definitely wasn't of like where I went to school because I did not go to school in the like super rich parts of Orange County. Um, I went to school like near Disneyland, which is funny because I guess that would be like you would think it was in the really rich area, but it's not. Um, but yeah, so I went to school for started out for musical theater and actually let's like rewind. So both my parents are musicians and they both played in pit orchestras in San Francisco for musicals. So like I grew up watching musicals, so it was kind of just like always what I was exposed to, you know, and everyone of their friends was like, oh, are you going to be down here in the pit? And I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to be on stage. <laughs> um, so yeah. And then I, so I always like knew that I wanted to do musical theater through middle school and high school. And then I went to school for musical theater at Cal State Fullerton, but I ended up getting cut because it was a cut program and I ended up Whoa. getting cut. Yeah. My sophomore year, like so that the middle of my sophomore you're year. You're not able to be in that major anymore. Is that what the, the cut like program is like? Yeah. So basically like when you start out in the program, you're like on track to be part of the BFA, but really you're just a theater major and you don't get accepted into the BFA until like your junior year. So oh my God, what a like, what a mental gymnastics that must be while you're literally going to college for the first time and experiencing so many other new things. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was interesting. They always talk to us about like make sure you have your plan B because this is a really hard like job and like if you could do anything else and still love it, go do that. Like I don't know, they weren't very Nurturing. I'm not trying to bash, but honestly, yeah. I wouldn't tell anyone to go to Cal State Fullerton because <laughs> it wasn't the best. Yeah. But I am very thankful I went. So after I got cut, I majored in dance, which is kind of always what I thought I would do. Like when I always was like, well, if I get cut, I'll just do dance because I can still do musical theater. Like it was never like, oh, God, I'm never going to do musical theater. It was just like, I just won't do it. I just won't major in it. You know what I mean? And I was very lucky and thankful that Orange County and just like in the LA area, there's a ton of regional theaters. And so I started working, basically I got cut and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go audition for shows. And so I got cast in my first regional production and started working professionally at the age of 19. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I guess I don't need your major because <laughs> I'm just going to go yeah, work right. anyway. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. So, yeah, so it was fun. It was um and it, so I got to do a bunch of regional theater at a very young age, which was nice, and so I majored in dance, but I I don't know, I was always seen as like the dancer, and it didn't help that I was also a dance major. And so it was interesting because even though I worked professionally in Orange County and like in the LA area for 3 years, it wasn't until the last show that I did where I had like a featured singing part where people were like, "Oh, I didn't know you could sing. And I was like, well, how do you think I was getting hired? Right. Um, the dancers <laughs> still have to sing. Uh. Right. Yeah. So it was interesting. Like, that's something that I feel like I've had to, uh, like, overcome just as a dancer in general. It's something that I feel like I've been looked at as just the dancer even since I was, like, in middle school. I don't – yeah. That's definitely probably one of the hardest things. But – 
But anyway, yeah, so I went to school and then I worked professionally and then I was like, I'm going to move to New York. So I moved to New York in 2016, was here for six months. And then I worked, I booked a job with Royal Caribbean and I did a contract with them. And then I went home to California for a little bit. Um, and I ended up working with Holland America. And then I went home and actually got off of that contract, like really injured. My shoulder popped out during that contract. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was going to ask about, cause I know that you've done some cruise ships and that cruise ship life is, is no joke, mo- both mentally from what I've heard and you know with the expectations and I I think it's changing a little bit but I've heard you know maybe even in 2016 where it probably wasn't the best mindset that they they you know with the weigh-ins and all that stuff seems very intense like cruise ships are are a hard job like that that must have been wild and then to get injured during that that oof yeah it's definitely Absolutely. Like you said, it's like, it's a rough job. And it's interesting because I feel like it can go one of two ways. Like you either really thrive on the ship and you like know yourself really, honestly, I don't know. I don't want to say that, but like it, it's hard. It's really hard because like, even if you're in the best place mentally, you're in such a different position than like the real world. You just never know what's going to happen. And like you're with the same people all the time, you work and you live with the same people. Like it's just such a different lifestyle. It's like and you also can't get pressure. up and leave, you know, like right. you want to like swim out <laughs> to an <laughs> island or something. Like it's, it, I can only imagine if it's, if it's going bad, it must feel very like you're trapped. Yeah, it's, it's tough and it can feel like you're kind of alone, especially if you're like having issues with your cast at all, um, which I did a little bit. And in my first contract, even in my second contract, I don't know. It was, yeah, it was definitely like hard. It's funny. Cause I look back on pictures and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I want to do that again. Like that was so much fun. And then when I think back to like what actually happened without the rose colored glass, like, you know, lenses of the travel and all that stuff. It's like, oh, do I want to subject myself to that? And like the culture with, with drinking and like is very heavy. Like you just go to the bar every night because there's really nothing else to do. Um, so it's really easy to like get into kind of a toxic place with that. And it's very interesting. I, um, I do think like, as I did the second contract, it got better. You know, you kind of like do something again and you're like, learn your way around what to do and what not to do, but it was still kind of hard. Yeah. But so I got injured and I also got like, I was vocally injured as well. I ended up developing nodules. And so when I came home, I went to vocal therapy because they told me that with vocal therapy, it could get better and they could go away, but that did not happen. So I ended up having to have surgery on my vocal cords. Oh my god! But clearly, we're fine. Yeah, you're speaking. <laughs> you're, you sound great. That must have been so terrifying. I, what was your mental state like during that time? How did you cope with that? Um, you know, it was interesting because I like had been doing everything that I could to like get better vocally. Um, 
and basically I like went to a doctor for a third opinion. Um, and they were like, well, you know, you've seen these three other doctors and this is like, you haven't been having the quality that you wanted to. So, and everyone had kind of said like, let's try everything and then we'll talk about surgery later. And this doctor was just like, so let me know when you want to schedule the surgery. And I was like, oh, it's okay. Now is the time. And I was there by myself because I was just kind of going to get an opinion. Like I didn't have anyone there with me. So I just, and I was like, literally going to get on a plane that afternoon to go on vacation. (laughs) And I was like, okay. So I just kind of had 30 seconds of panic and then was just like, okay, well, this is what I have to do. You know, like, this is the answer. This is the decision. Like, I didn't have to weigh my options. It was just like the right decision. And so I just made the decision and I scheduled my appointment and I was like, okay, this is the day of my surgery. And I called my mom and I was like, so yeah, I'm going to have to have surgery. It was just kind of like, it just happened. Like I I just, Mm. yeah, I don't know. Wow. So then after the surgery, what did you, what did you go back into? How was that coming back from that? Yeah. So I actually auditioned for the music man in California, like, so basically when you have surgery or in my experience, so I had surgery, I had to be silent for two weeks, which if you know me is just so hard because I talk so much. Two full, like nothing, not even a peep. No cough, no sneeze, no words. I did say two words though. I said like, or I like laughed and then I like squealed or something like on accident. And I was like, well, at least I know that they're working. Wow. I was silent for two weeks. And then I had two weeks to like, get my vocal cords back into like regular functioning. And after those two weeks, they were like, okay, you're cleared to sing and do everything that you want to do. And I was like, okay, sure. So I was like, "Hmm, I wonder if they're still doing auditions. And the auditions were like three days later. And so I was like, yeah, let me just try it. And so I like went to the dance call and I got called back or I went to the dance call and then I sang and then I got called back and then they were like, hi, do you want the job? And I was like, oh. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh so this like, is happening. <laughs> right. So like, it was amazing. I just like went for it and I got hired. Granted, like it was quite difficult for me vocal wise. Um, and the dancing was, the dancing was so, was so good. I had kind of. I had basically recovered my shoulder by that point, which was nice because that was like eight months later. But that was the last show that I did before the pandy. And that was 2019, like right before, like in September of 2019. But um, yeah, so I've had, honestly, like I've just had so many ups and downs in my career and in my dance journey. And like, because of having so many ups and downs was kind of like the reason why I started my podcast and why I started my business and turned to mindset. And like all of that is because I just feel like I had such a rough, I just felt like it was so hard. And I was like, there's just got to be a better way. You know what I mean? Like it just can't be this miserable like every day because don't we, aren't we supposed to love what we do? You know? Yes. A hundred percent. I love, I love how you were in your bio, you know, you talked about getting rid of that like hustle mentality and that 
just the go, go, go and finding this balance is so important and I'm 100% a believer of that. And I know that I I listened to one of your one of your podcast episodes recently, which everyone definitely go check out. Mindset in the making. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it more later. But um, one of the episodes recently, you talked a little bit about your relationship with dance and how you're not really feeling like taking class and kind of like going through the mental process of like what does that mean? What does that mean? for me about my identity about my dance career about like I I really loved hearing that conversation and I think that that's so important so I was wondering if you could share a little bit about like your current relationship with dance like even just like today like how are you guys doing (laughs) like what because I think it's important to share that it's not always yeah it's not always great and like you said about you know social media and instagram it's not always like sunshine and flowers and filters and 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 that's okay like i think there is a lot of shame attached to like if i don't feel like i want to dance 24 7 i must not be a real dancer or i must not be a real performer Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not really like as committed as other people so i suck you know, and so, yeah, I would love to hear a little bit about, like, how you and dance are doing <laughs> currently. Yeah, yeah, so we are loving each other from afar, <laughs> from quite afar, um, and that's the thing is, like, I've never, I've never, like, not loved dance. It's just in the capacity at which I love it, and, like, from what distance, you know, so, I've, since everything's gone back to in-person, I've taken two classes. I loved both classes that I took. I like purposefully went in and took classes that were going to be like below the level I would normally take at. So normally like I go to steps and I would take like, you know, an intermediate advanced theater class that's like super hard and, um, you know, everyone's just fucking killing it. Now I knew that like over the pandemic, I hadn't been taking classes at home. I'd been working out, but like, I just wasn't, I wasn't there. You know what I mean? So I wasn't about to like walk into a advanced class and be like, here I am. And I did that purposefully. And I'm so happy that I did that because I felt so good leaving. And like, people may say like, oh, well, you just made it easy on yourself or whatever, but it's like, why not make it easy on myself? I haven't gone to class. Like why as a perfectionist, you know, like people want to say like, let's just go in, go all in, you know, go big or go home. And I'm like, well, that's the thing is like, I didn't want to like have to go home. I wanted that. I wanted the outcome to be like, I loved what I did. I was there to like, I took a contemporary class, which is just like my, the way my body likes to move. And so it was so lovely. And then I went and I was like, this was so great. And like, it was awesome. And then I took a uh, theater, like Fosse jazz class, which Fosse also is like, ugh, just die for Fosse. And again, like it was really hard, but it was like an intermediate class. And I felt very good. And I was like, again, playing it like quote unquote safe because I just wanted to feel good. Like I wanted to be able to know that like I was going to love what I was doing. And that's all the dance that I've taken. And like, I I don't do ballet bar at home. Like I really am not dancing like at all, honestly. And that's okay. And like, 
I do improv in my room. I feel the urge to dance, but I don't know. I haven't been wanting to spend my time and energy in a dance class. And I think it's because I've learned that like, we're told to go and train always, you know, and like, you have to just keep getting better at your craft. And that's the way to get hired is you just have to keep getting better. And I think that that's a straight up lie. Mm. Like we are all good enough and talented enough to do whatever we want to do. And what gets in the way sometimes in the audition room isn't our talent. It truly isn't. Like it's so many other things. And also I'm like really like investing in myself. I have a coach that I'm working with. And like at the moment, I'd rather spend my money investing in myself in that sense, like working on my mindset and working on my business skills and working on like living and embodying a life that I want my clients to have. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not about for me training to be better in dance at the moment. It's like, I love dance and I'm still a dancer and like I dance in my living room and that's never going to change. I just know that like, I don't need to get better at dance to be worthy of success. Like I'm already worthy of success. And I think that's the biggest thing that we don't talk about is like people just think, you know, if I get better, then I'll finally be worthy of success. Then I'll finally book that job. And that's not saying that like, if you go to class, you're not going to make amazing connections and you're not going to be able to network in a way that like allows you to have the opportunity that's meant for you. But that's just not the only way. And I think I'm finally figuring that out. And it allows for dance and taking class to be so much more enjoyable because when I go, it's because I truly am choosing to spend my money, time, and energy on that class. And I'm not like, oh God, I'm here because my friend's going and I feel like I should go or like the industry is telling me that I should go. Like it's an empowered yes from me. And until it's that empowered yes, I don't go. And Mm. I haven't been in a month or so and- like that's still okay. And I have to remind myself, you know, again and again, like I am a dancer. That's who I am. It's never going to go away. You know, like, yeah, I don't have to just dance to be a dancer. So that's my relationship with dance now. And also because being in rooms, I feel the energy of the like trying to find worthiness within the class. And it's not an energy that I love to be in, you know? And so that's why like my focus right now is on shifting that energy within myself and also helping other performers to shift that energy so that like one day we will have classes that don't feel so like please see me you know what I mean so that's something that I've I've been thinking about both you know thinking about do I want to dance because I want to dance or is it because I feel like I have to be in this class. I have to be doing what other people are doing. And am I taking class because I want to learn and that I will benefit? And I'll, you know, whether it's, and it doesn't always have to be like you're learning something and, you know, getting something so amazing. But am I going to, one, learn something from this class? And am I doing it because I want to, not because just everyone else is doing it? And that's what I think I should do. And like, And it can also be like, am I going to have fun? Like, especially when we're paying, I mean, $25 (laughs) now for, I mean, that's a whole other, a whole other issue. But it's like, part of it is like mentally I'm trying to be frugal with how I spend my energy and also money wise. It's like, it, it really is 
a thought that I and before it was like I I never thought about that because I was like well I have to do this I have to keep going I have to take at least one class a day I have to go 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 because everyone's doing it I'm gonna fall behind I'm gonna be seen as not as serious about my craft and it's like you can still be serious about your craft and not take class for 10 months (laughs) I mean that's it'll you'll feel it in your body probably and and that's that's a whole other thing of you know taking care of yourself as a human is necessary to move but I I really love hearing people share those kind of experiences because I think it is kind of there's a lot of shame with admitting that especially on social media and with everything Mm -hmm. so I really am grateful for you sharing that message of course and I do want to like add something because you were saying like if you don't take care of yourself and your body, you know, you're going to feel it. But I do want to just like offer that if you're not taking class, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're like not taking care of your body. Yes. You know what I mean? 100%. And like, because honestly, I mean, I mean, uh, so at the moment I haven't been doing yoga as much. So my body is kind of tight, but like over the pandemic, I got really, really into yoga. That was really the main form of like the way that I was moving my body. And my body felt better than when I was dancing constantly. Um, and just like there's more to taking care of your body than, than dancing. You know what I mean? Like eating really nice, nutritious food and like just loving yourself a lot. <laughs> Feels really good in your body. You know what I mean? So, um, so the two don't go hand in hand, but you do have to see like, why are you not taking class? You know what I mean? Like, are you not taking class because you're choosing that this isn't where you want to spend your time? Um, because you're just doing something else and that's a decision that you've made, or are you not taking class because you're feeling like I haven't taken class in a while, so I'm not ready to take class. Yeah. And then you're and I neglecting think it's, it's your body. Also like totally, totally normal to still be fearful and like we are like things are open but like we are still in a pandemic and that's like it's totally like for people who are still really nervous I mean part of me that's part of my my thing too I'm kind of like oh I'm seeing a lot of people who I thought were more safe are actually not safe and you know it's (laughs) like that's also totally I think the main the main thing is like we need to listen to our bodies and to our minds and to like our hearts and our full human selves because we are more than just dancers who take class and do movement there's so much more to being a dancer than just class and all of all of those things (laughs) yeah because you're a human you are a human first you are not a dancer first you are human first yeah a hundred percent okay well my pumpkin is looking like a little crazy I'm hoping that maybe the glue will make it look better but you know I think this is like a perfect time to play our first game which is let me get my little my little would you rather (laughs) so if anyone is out there watching the replay or watching live, I love to see what people pick for Would You Rather. I think it's a really quick way to get to know how someone's brain works. Um, so I'm going to do a few of these. Would you rather have a paralyzing fear of buttons and zippers or have an irremovable wasp's nest living inside your pillow? Easily the buttons and zippers. 
yeah. easily. Yeah, I'm wasps already nest. terrified of wasps. Yeah, I don't think that would. Yeah, because you could you can get like Velcro. You can just have like full pull on outfits. There's a lot. Mm. Yeah, wasps, wasps. Snaps. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Easy, easy pick. Mm-hmm. Okay, next one. Would you rather have a giraffe neck or have everything you touch catch on fire? A giraffe neck. Yeah, I think uh, trying not to touch things would just be, you might as well put yourself in a bubble. You know what I mean? Right. At least with a giraffe neck, like I'd always see the best view. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, last one of these. Would you rather never eat chocolate or candy again or have to walk backwards everywhere? Oh my gosh. This is a, this shouldn't be a hard one, but it's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. Because I love sweets. But I'm just going to have to say, um, I think I'm going to say not eat chocolate and candy because it's like I can go without it because I could just have fruit, like a ton of fruit and ice cream because they didn't say ice cream. Exactly. And they didn't say cookies. So like there could be, you know, there's, yeah, there's definitely more options with that one. Yeah. I agree. I agree. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk passions outside of dance your podcast everything that you're doing with coaching I know that's like a lot a big a big um bunch of topics to jump into but I guess my first question would be when did you decide to start your podcast and how did that kind of all come together I know you're uh, approaching or just past your one year anniversary anniversary, which is very exciting. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it's funny. I don't think I actually know the date of the one year, but yeah. I do know that I am approaching it. Yeah. Um, so hopefully I didn't miss it because that would just be so sad. Um, but I started my podcast after I started coaching. Um, and it's interesting because I, my best friend, she was like, I think I want to start a podcast. And I was like, oh, that sounds so cool. And I had a business coach at the time and I was telling her about it. And she was like, well, you could start a podcast too. And I was like, yeah, I don't know, maybe. And like, then I was like, hey, why don't we do a podcast together? Like, that would be so fun. And she was like, yeah, for sure. Let's like play it by ear or whatever. And then I told my business coach about it. And she was like, okay, so like, why don't you just start your own? And I was like, okay. Yeah. So I just, I just did. I don't know. It was like this, it just happened where I was like, I feel like I need to talk. And also at the time I had been doing Instagram stories and I noticed that like once I got one to two minutes into the Instagram stories is really when I started like gaining momentum on what I was talking about. Mm. But like who wants two minutes of Instagram is already eight slides. Who wants to watch all that? Yes. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I think this is going to go well. And I did like a poll in my audience. And I was like, if I were to talk for a really long time on a podcast, would you watch it? Or would you listen to it? And they were like, yes, I would. And I was like, okay, so let's just do it. And that's what I did. I started mostly with solo episodes. And then I now do like every other week. So I'll do like a guest episode and then I'll do a solo episode, which I really enjoy because the guest episodes are always like, pretty long like they're like at least 45 minutes and then my solo episodes are like anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes so they can be like kind of a quick thing that people can listen to and yeah it's nice and what I love about honestly my podcast is that it's 
it's not just like talking about the industry. Like it's not just like interviewing other people who are on Broadway and like, Oh, what's your experience? Like, and just constantly hearing the stories over and over again. Like I bring in spirituality, um, which, you know, isn't for everyone, but for me, it's like something huge and it's changed my life. And I bring perfectionism in and see how do those directly relate to like what's going on in the industry. And also just like, giving hopefully giving permission to other people that your life doesn't have to revolve around your career and you can still again be a dancer so um, yes I love that I love all of those things yeah (laughs) so cool and then when did you start coaching and your all of this manifestation and everything was that during the pandemic or had you been doing that before so I I started coaching or like I discovered that I needed to be able to make income, like make money. Cause I was moving to New York, back to New York permanently January of 2020. So I worked with my business coach and I was like, Hey, I need to make some money. So like, and she was helping performers create like a business, create a side job. And I was like, hi, can you help me do that? <laughs> Cause I need to make money, um, like on my own terms and not have an employer. So it kind of started yeah. off as something that like was definitely working its way towards being like purpose driven, but was definitely more like income driven And then I started like really diving into, I had already started diving into spirituality, like maybe six to eight months before that. And I had noticed it had taken, it had like changed my life and like using mindset shifts and adding those into my life on an everyday basis was changing my life. So I was like, oh, I really want to bring this into other people. So I started coaching in May of 2020. That was when like I really fully launched my business. I had my first client and it was so exciting to like really work with a performer and see what I had been doing and like offer it to someone else in their life and Mm -hmm. see the amount of change that was happening within their life. It was like, okay, yeah, this like really works. It's not just me. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And that's, that must've been like, that's a scary thing to put yourself out there and like to have this idea like I know it works for me but is it gonna work for other people so that's that's so cool that that was your first client and you saw that so that must have been motivation to keep going (laughs) yeah it was and like even just posting on Instagram people were like oh my gosh like just getting the like I needed to hear that today like one person could put that and I was like that's all I need you know yeah and so since May of 2020 so it's now been like a year and a half it, um, it's really like taken shape. I feel like my, my business and my coaching style has kind of really been going through, not the ringer, but like definitely through its ups and downs, really finding myself as a coach. Like, how do I want to show up for my clients? How am I like fully embodying what I'm sharing and just like leaning into the transparency. And I love how you talked about social media with like the filters and something that like you may not notice from the outside, but I never use filters on my Instagram story, like ever. Wow. Not even like the funny ones? Nope. Like, it is always like my face (laughs) showing up on camera because I feel like it's really important during just like to show your everyday life. Like, what is it actually like? You know, like, we're not putting the rose colored lenses on. Like, yes, of course, it's with something to take away from you know what I mean but like this is actually who I am this is how I'm living my life it's normal to have this human experience that we have with all the ups and downs and like we don't have to judge ourselves we get to make a new choice every time and so it's something I'm really passionate 
about is like just giving other people permission to be themselves because for so long you know I'm a conditioned people pleaser as a lot of us are and just yeah oh yeah (laughs) yeah so um yeah honestly it's it's been amazing I'm like it's one of those things where I'm like how have I not been doing this my whole life like it feels so natural Mm. to me my connection with my intuition like my connection with source which is the energy of the universe whatever you want to call it god is just like so strong and it's amazing to look back at like random facebook posts or like my instagram posts from years ago and see like the quotes that i used to you know those like cheesy quotes or whatever that like oh, you yeah. add to your stuff but it all was like everything happens for a reason like take a moment and like make sure that you always see the beauty like it was stuff that i'm talking about now and to see that that was like ingrained in me so naturally even Mm. at like times where I probably hated myself the most like even when I was having the most struggle that aspect of me was still there so to to notice that and to see like oh I was always meant for this like I was always meant to be a coach I was always meant to be this channel through which the universe can come through like it's so it's just so cool yeah I love that so if someone who has never you know had a coach before or you know has never even like heard of this kind of thing could you explain a little bit about like what you would do with like say you have a new a new client and and what kind of experience that would be for them what kind of things they would do what kind of things you guys would do together yeah for sure so when I work together with someone one-on-one it's very like unique and specific to them so I have my own tools that I've gained and I have specific things that I do want to share with them, but it's definitely like a less structured um, experience and more of like, let's come together. We come together every week. We talk on Zoom and I like meet you exactly where you're at. We talk about what your high of the week was and what your low of the week was. And we go through and see where you've been giving your power away, where you've been believing that potentially maybe you didn't have a choice in something, where you've been really just having beliefs that are limiting you from living the life you've always dreamed of. So whether that is like, I'm not a good enough dancer, or whether that is, I have to be doing this side job, or I don't have enough money to do this, whatever it is, like if you're feeling disempowered, if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like completely unmotivated, we go in and we dive into like, why is that, right? Like what are the thoughts Mm. that you're having and what are the stories that you're telling yourself or that you've been conditioned to know that are really like having you act in a way that you don't have a choice over your own life, right? So it's Mm. like taking that deeper dive into the stories. So I'm not a, right, like I'm not a therapist, but it very much is like diving into the mind and diving Mm. into what are these things that you're actually believing? Like just shining a light on thoughts that we would normally just like, oh yeah, well that's fact. But it's like, what if your thoughts weren't fact? What if they were just things that you continued to believe? Mm. So we dive into that. And this work isn't like an overnight thing, right? So with my clients, we work for four months and that may seem like a really long time to someone potentially, but really like, it takes time for your brain to learn a new way of thinking, right? It takes time for you to really truly embody this new way of living of like, I get to find my worth inside of myself. I don't have to find my worth in a dance class. I don't have to find my worth 
in a casting director. I don't have to find my worth in my sister. I don't have to find my worth anywhere outside of me. And it's truly empowering you by choosing what you believe on a daily basis. And that's what we do. Wow. Amazing. I know that you, you mentioned that you had a, a great audition mindset hack that you would like to share with everyone. So I'd love to hear that. And then we can get to our second game. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yes. So I came across this audition hack right before I went to like my first audition post kind of post pandemic, you know, now that auditions are right. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, I have, I have like stress just even like thinking about that. (laughs) So I, this is selfish. I need this hack. So, (laughs) oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. So it totally like tiny little backstory. So short. When I went into the room, I absolutely immediately felt like, oh my gosh, it's happening again. Like I'm stressed. I'm anxious. Like my heart was racing and I was like, oh no, this is not going to go well. But I went in with my mindset that it wasn't to get the job and like it had nothing to do with being a good dancer. It had nothing to do with doing the choreography right. It had nothing to do with even like getting like learning the whole thing. You know what I mean? Because a lot of the time we go in and we're like, I'm going to learn it so well. Like I'm going to pick up on the choreography faster this time. I'm going to really like show that I'm worthy of this job. Like it's very much like about the actual technique and about getting the job. And that puts a lot of pressure on you, right? Because the out the expectation and the outcome of that is ultimately like not in your control. So when you're going into a situation and you're intention is you can't even control the outcome of your own intention you're like already setting yourself up for disappointment so instead i made it about like i'm gonna have fun or i'm gonna connect with someone in the room or i'm going to say yes because my initial my stress response in auditions is to be like nope can't do that that's too hard Mm, like there's no way i can do that And I immediately write it off. So because I know that, because I've done all this digging, I was like, okay, yes, I can do this. Yes, I am capable. Yes, I am fun. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, I am worthy. Yes, like just today was about yes. Like no matter if my brain starts to say no, I'm just going to be like, yes, I can totally do that. And I'm going to have so much fun. And I'm going to stay so connected and like connected to the other people in the room. If I ever started to judge anyone, I started to actively celebrate them, like find one thing that I loved about what they were doing and like actively celebrate them because then I couldn't compare because I was just celebrating everyone. Like, wow, I love that. It was just a party. Right. It was just a party. And like when you go into auditions, make your intention be nothing about the job, like Mm. absolutely nothing, because then you can control that you get the outcome that you want and ultimately you get to show up more as yourself, which then makes it a better chance of them seeing you and getting the job. Right. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that so, so much. Okay. Let's play our final game. Our questions game. (laughs) So I say this every time, but it's less of a game and more of like a mystery. Um, So I'm picking a random card from each of the colors. Some of them are more deep. Some of them are silly. 
Some of them, or a lot of them, are from a website called questionstoaskyourdad.com. They had a bunch of great questions over there. So shout out to them if they're watching. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Let's see what we got. Okay, pick a color. Blue. What is the highest pressure situation you've ever been in, and how did you handle it? Wow, starting it off real intense. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, gosh, I think I think the most high pressure situation was like quite recently, and I did do a podcast episode on it because I was with my best friend and I brought her brought her onto the podcast. But so Ida was the storm that was in New York, or just in general, like or something. Yeah. There was a storm before that over Fourth of July weekend right where that was like the first flooding of new york insane and we were in an uber and our uber was like i'm just it was like i'm godlike i can weave in and out of cars we're just hydroplaning all over the place and we get to a road and it's like it was hudson river parkway or whatever or hudson river drive or Harlem right, river like drive. right by know. the water right by like, the water yeah okay so it was a river the the road was a river and he was like <laughs> I can totally get through this. This car and is I now like, a boat. No. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, like, clearly this is a car, not so. a boat. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So he just like decided to go. And we're in like a little car. He decided to go. He guns it. Of course, he gets stuck. The car stops moving. And like water starts to seep in to the car. And like literally, it was like so stressful, like so anxious. Like my friend definitely was like claustrophobic she was like um there's water in here and like we didn't want to open the door because we were worried that like even more water was going to come in right so i was like can you take can you like put down the window so i like climbed out of the window and then like stepped into the like river like the water and it was knee deep and but she like couldn't get out of the of the of the window and so we were just like whatever we're just gonna we're just going to open the door and it'll be fine. And so we like open the door and water comes in and she gets out. And then we're like wading through the water to like get off of the highway. But I swear the like moments when we were in the car and we were like trying to figure out what was going to happen. I don't know how I did it, but I just like, I was like, okay, this is what's going to happen. Cause I could tell she was like freaking out. And I was like, well, we can't both freak out. So right. I was like, I just have to hold it figure together. Figure it out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <sighs> Wow. That's and you, and it's, it's wild that you're not the only person who I've heard this this past rainy season that we've had have that situation. And it's like who would have ever thought <gasps> in New York that that would be a thing? Never. Never oh in my, my life gosh. did I think that we'd be dealing with floods in the city. Crazy. Right. Okay. <laughs> Next question. Maybe it'll be a, a deep question or a light question, who knows. Uh orange. Ah, okay. Do you have a favorite t-shirt? I do. Oh my gosh. What is it? <laughs> I do. It's a red t-shirt and my aunt got it for me a couple years ago and it says, I put ketchup on my ketchup because I love ketchup <laughs> and on the back it says, and then I eat ice cream because I love ice cream. Oh my gosh. Where did, did she make this shirt for you or did she find it somewhere? Yeah, it was custom made. So the front, I think that oh I God, ketchup amazing. on my ketchup was potentially already there 
but then the, and then I eat ice cream was like added on uh-huh. so that's my favorite t-shirt oh my god I love that okay next question okay is that purple this one yes yeah what is the most relaxing place you've ever been to Ooh. oh my gosh Hmm. That's honestly such a tough one because I, I love gardens. It's like a thing about me. Mm. Love botanical gardens. And so when I was on the ship, like every city we went to, I went to one of them. That's so oh, cool. And there's like a million in California. So I've like been to so many. So it'd probably be one of those yeah. gardens. So I would say potentially the like Melbourne Botanical Garden in Australia, the Royal Ooh. Botanical Garden in Melbourne. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, I want to go to Australia so bad. <laughs> okay, last one of these questions. Who'd play you in a movie about your life? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is, let me tell you, this is a tough question because I am the type of person who doesn't know anyone's name. Me, oh, me too. I, I don't know any actors' names. It's really bad. Never. Um, I would say, gosh, who would play? Can I not answer? I don't know. Maybe it's you. <laughs> Maybe you would play yourself because you're a triple threat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I would say. Yeah, I don't know. I would have to. Yeah, I don't know. You'd have to have I'm a full casting. Myself. You'd have to, you know, it, it'd be a process. You don't want to offer someone the role right now when to get them with their hopes up. So the, the, yeah, the people are just going to have to wait. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay, the last question that I ask every guest is, what brings out your most creative self? Mm, I would say, I would say like two things combined. So like nature and acoustic music. Like when I'm Mm. listening to acoustic music in nature, whether that's like at a park or at the beach or anywhere, like I just get, like I could get up and dance and sing and like just do whatever i just feel like so inspired yeah definitely nature though i love that amazing well where can people find you if they want to get in touch how can people connect plug everything you've got to plug (laughs) yes okay so i am on instagram rachel.josefina j-o-s-e-f-i-n-a and i do I put like a little blurb about my podcast episode every Monday, which drops and that's mindset in the making. And you can find it on practically every platform that you would ever listen to a podcast. And so, and then on Tuesdays I do the Tuesday tea, which is like, just like the real honest truth in my story. So you can like always look out for that. And yeah, mainly on Instagram. I also do run a Facebook group called choosing to rise with Suzanne Prichelle And it's an extension of the networking and workshops that we are holding for actors that we just started. And our next one is November 8th, which is very exciting. Okay, that's so cool. Everyone check it out. Everyone show up. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, if you're here, yeah, show up and then eventually we'll stream it. But so yeah, Choosing to Rise Facebook group, Instagram, and then my podcast, Mindset in the Making amazing oh so many good things to check out and if anyone would like to connect with me my personal instagram is Haley grove uh, h-a-l-e-y no extra letters and the pod the podcast instagram is finally the new name you can find this podcast and all of the information from past guests at dear dance 
pod on Instagram. Um, and if you want to be amazing, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, Essentially Haley, where I have all the live unedited videos of the amazing talks that we have. There's lots of cats interrupting and all sorts of shenanigans that happen that get edited out of the podcast version. Um, so definitely subscribe over there. I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers by the end of the year. Maybe 500 is a better goal. Um, and yeah, there's, I'm going to be putting out more videos about, you know, dance and DIY stuff combined over there as well. And the final thing that I will plug is the Dear Dance Patreon, which is going through some changes right now. But once we get to 100 patrons, I'm going to be starting the Dancer's Dream Grant Program, where I will be donating $1 per patron every month to a dancer who has a creative project that needs help being funded, whether that's a music video that they want to film and concept video and they want to hire a professional videographer or they want to pay their dancers or you need some money to take class because it's so expensive now um, or you know buy really good groceries or pay for um, an amazing coach. Hopefully this can be something that grows and we can all uplift the dance community and help dancers and artists who are maybe struggling a little bit right now. So those are all the things to plug. I will add all of the links to the show notes and to the description of this video. Um, so thank you again so much for being here. I'm so glad we got to connect and like, wow, look at Arts Work working. I'll plug Arts Work again too. Go make a profile. Use one of our yes. links so we can get a prize. Um, and definitely check back in next Wednesday for another amazing live episode. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for being here and have a great night. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Dear Dance. If you enjoyed the show, it would mean so much to me if you could share it with a friend. Screenshot the episode and tag me on Instagram at Dear Dance Pod. It's so fun connecting with listeners, so definitely check us out over on Instagram. And if you want a triple platinum superstar award, leave a rating and review on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. This really helps give the show street cred on podcast platforms. Again, thank you so much for being here. I'll see you next week for a new episode of Dear Dance.